1: Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. Got a lot to talk about on today's show, in part because it's game day. Lakers versus Rockets tonight. Can the Lakers keep the momentum rolling from that big win against the Warriors? We do need to talk. About the Warriors win. We also need to talk about the trade market, the DeJounte Murray trade front specifically. Got some news on that yesterday and not positive news if you're hoping to see DeJounte Murray in purple and gold. But I'm going to break down what I think is actually going on with that whole situation. So a lot of things that we need to talk about today before I dive into a quick reminder. If you haven't already subscribed over on the YouTube channel, please make sure that you do so turn on those notifications heading into trade deadline season. I'm going to do everything I can to keep you guys as up to date as possible on everything, all the latest rumors, all the latest news. So hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications as well. And if you're so inclined, check out the YouTube channel membership program. We do extra shows for channel members each week, bonus content, all kinds of stuff. So make sure you guys do go check that out. You can click the join button and see the different perks that membership offers. All right, let's dive into some of our topics here for the day. And I guess really, really, we should start with the Warriors and, and what happened there with that game. I mean, obviously double overtime. Um, you know, this was, this was a tremendous game. And for a season that, a, a season that frankly hasn't had enough high points on it uh, and hasn't had enough, Memorable moments in a positive way. This was one of them. Double overtime. I was beyond stressed. If you guys joined us over on playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. If you guys were watching it on the YouTube channel for, for our play-by-play, you guys saw I was I was a wreck down this stretch there. But the Lakers, they pull it out, they get the win, some big, big moments. D'Angelo Russell hitting that three after turning the ball over multiple times. LeBron James, the clutch free throws. Anthony Davis gutting it out with an injury. By the way, we'll talk about the Rockets game in a moment, but both AD and LeBron listed as questionable for that game. You know, uh, Jared Vanderbilt had a quote after the game or a comment after the game, and he was talking about how he felt like, uh, here's the direct quote. He said, we're starting to turn that corner at the right time, I feel like. He's talking about LeBron here. He says he's been leading the way, him and AD, and for us just keep following their lead and keep chipping away along the season. You know, he's not wrong in terms of turning the corner at the right time. The Lakers are indeed doing that right now. The Lakers do seem to be getting a little bit of momentum. They're not quite in that slide. You look at their last 10 games, they're six and four. They've won their last two. Not so bad. Right? Not so bad. Now, taking a quick peek here at the Western Conference, uh, this is what it, it looks like. YouTube channel uh viewers are gonna see what's on the screens. If you're watching the video version, podcast, uh, podcast listeners, no worries. I will talk you through it here. By the way, if you're not if you're listening to the podcast version, you're not a podcast subscriber yet. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're on. And if you wouldn't mind, give us a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Great way to help out the show. So the Lakers right now are sitting in the nine seed despite despite winning their last two. They're still a game and a half behind the Dallas Mavericks for the eight seed. And right now, tied with the Utah Jazz for the 10 seed, uh, have this the same record as the Jazz do. The Jazz seven and three in their last 10 games. They've won their last two. The West, it, it's not going to be easy. It it's playing out kind of like we expected. I expect it to be even a little bit more compact than this. Uh, game and a half gap between the Lakers and the, the eight seeded Mavs. I think things will probably condense a bit more as the season goes on the Lakers uh, two and a half games behind the six seed. That is the Phoenix suns and new Orleans Pelicans who are tied at 26 and 20. So that's where they want to go. That's where they want to get to is that six seed, get out of the play in and move all the way up. But that's, you know, that's not an insurmountable task, two and a half games with the amount of games we have left in the season. Not impossible. However, as I've been cautioning, March, April, very, very difficult. It's going to be tough to get wins there. But nonetheless, this win over the Warriors, certainly important. And I think it's big for the morale of the team. You know, heading into the trade deadline, which uh, we're going to talk about that in a moment. But heading into the trade deadline, that can be a very distracting time. Especially when it's, you know, you're going out on this long road trip too. The Lakers have now five more games out on the road, including the first leg of the back-to-back starts tonight, Uh, Houston and Atlanta. So it can be really distracting when you're seeing all these trade rumors fly. And let's face it, look, even if the Lakers don't wind up doing anything, we know they're going to be in the thick of things. They always are. Always. Sometimes even when it's not the Lakers front office that's, that's doing things, right? Just the Lakers name gets thrown about because that generates attention. But for this team, they've got to find a way to focus, to cut through anyway. And I think that's where... This win over the Warriors, the fact that the Lakers have guys who are younger, but still have experience. They're young veterans, right? Think about guys like D'Angelo Russell, guys like Ruby Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt. These guys are all in their mid 20s. These are guys who have years of experience. So they're not, it's not the first time they've been in a pressure filled situation like this, but they're also not. North of 30 and people are questioning how long their contracts going to be and things of that nature. So I think this is where the Lakers mix can really help out when we're getting into the thick of trade deadline talks, which everything it's just going to keep ramping up. It's going to keep picking up. This Lakers team's got to find a way to cut through Um again, double overtime to get that win the way they did. It's a big shot in the arm for the Lakers season. Now, it doesn't mean much if you go on a losing streak after it, but for now, this is a big win that ideally, as Jared Vanderbilt is saying, means the Lakers are turning the corner. I mean, I can only imagine the gut punch that would have been to lose that game, to drop that game against the Warriors. That would have felt awful. I mean, I have to imagine Warriors fans right now in homeroom are are probably just beside themselves having lost that game. That that has got to be a- incredibly frustrating. And by the way, the last two minute, minutes report from the NBA came out and confirmed what we already knew. Draymond Green's screen, screen he set on Jared Vanderbilt to free up Steph for that go-ahead three, and LeBron later came back, got fouled, got to the free-throw line, hit a pair of free-throws. Uh, that was indeed a foul. Yeah, that was an offensive foul on Draymond Green. That's what the, the league's last 2 minutes report said. We all saw it live. We all saw exactly what happened. So, yeah, that Steph shot shouldn't have counted because it was an offensive foul on Draymond green and look the last two minute report it's not the end all be all sometimes you see it there's like 15 things on there because you can call a ton of stuff every single game but at least that, that confirmed it a lot of people upset fans upset at the free throw discrepancy i talked about that a little bit on on x i'm not gonna delve into it too much here but the bottom line is you get a lot of people running around saying the league is is rigged for the lakers and things like that no if the league was rigged for the lakers then why wasn't Draymond Green's forearm to the face of Anthony Davis called a flagrant foul? Why wasn't it even looked at or even reviewed? Not to mention a bunch of other plays that happened that game that could have gone the Lakers' way. Why wasn't Draymond Green called for an offensive foul on the moving screen that he set? Which you can call just about every time down when you're playing the Golden State Warriors. You've got a lot of people that want to point to free throw discrepancy, but I'll tell you what happens. And I feel like a broken record at this point because we talked about this. I talked about it in my pregame. In the pregame video that I put out over on X, I also put it here on the YouTube channel. What I think it was the, my first point was free throws, that the Lakers need to get to the free throw line because the Warriors are terrible at defending without fouling. That's, that's the thing. The Lakers are one of the best teams in the NBA at getting fouled. Why? They don't shoot very many threes. In fact, they shoot fewer threes than anyone in the NBA. Entirely, they shoot fewer threes than anybody else. They're doing more work in the paint. That's what's happening. So if you've got a team that's terrible at defending without fouling, playing against a team that doesn't take many jump shots because they're getting into the paint a bunch, you're going to have a lot of fouls. That's normal. And on the other side, if you've got a team, this is the Warriors, that shoots a bunch of jump shots and doesn't attack the paint as much as, the, uh, as their opponent does, they're not going to get to the free throw line much, especially when the team they're playing is, is the best team, literally, look at the numbers, the best team in the NBA at defending without fouling. And this was the same thing in the playoffs last year. That's why I feel like a broken record. It's not a surprise that there's a free throw discrepancy. It's not because the NBA is rigging things for the Lakers. My God, do you think the Lakers would be the nine seed right now if the NBA was rigging things for the Lakers? People just want something to, to complain about. But if you look at this situation, of course, the Lakers have a free free throw discrepancy, just like, of course, the Warriors shot like 30 more threes than the Lakers did. Of course, because that's what they do. They shoot threes. The Lakers don't. The Lakers get to the free throw line. That's the way it goes. And by the way, you will hear this argument, too. Oh, but the, the Warriors had nearly as many points in the paint as the Lakers. So why didn't they shoot as many free throws? Because when you get fouled in the paint and you shoot free throws, that doesn't count towards your points in the paint total. That's why. Anyway, so there was a lot of that complaining that was going on. But bottom line, it was great to see the Lakers get the win in this game against the Warriors. And hopefully this does indeed spark them moving forward here. Um, Before I get to Lakers-Rockets, let's talk about the trade front a little bit. And you know what? I'll, I'll be honest. It was kind of nice. I love... I love all the trade talks. I love all the rumors, all the different. You guys know during the offseason, I like doing my uh, my roster builds. I like going through what an ideal offseason would look like and building out the roster lots of different ways. I enjoy doing that. I enjoy thinking about all the different possible ways you can put the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, it's something that I that I really enjoy doing. But I'll tell you what, it was nice uh, our last live show where the focus really was just kind of back on backs, But we spent a lot of time talking trades and it was just back on basketball because they had such a such a phenomenal game with the Warriors. It was a nice break. But uh, but we do need to talk about this, uh, the trade front here. So Mark Stein uh, put out a report yesterday saying that uh, according to a, a source, that the Lakers getting a deal done for DeJounte Murray ahead of the February trade deadline was unrealistic, quote, unrealistic. Um, and that essentially had been there had been little to no talks between the Lakers and Hawks in recent days. And that uh, also coincides with what I was hearing as well. Uh, back on Friday, I talked with, we did a members only live show and I talked with that group about this, that what I had been hearing as well was that, or what i have been hearing back then last, last Friday was um, that the Lakers and the Hawks, their talks really didn't go anywhere and the trade front in general for the Lakers was was pretty quiet. So it's now feeling less and less likely that a DeJounte Murray trade is going to happen. However, let me say this. Here's, here's what I think is going on here, right? Just putting some puzzle pieces together. So I think the Hawks want Austin Reeves. I think that's pretty clear. I think the Hawks want Austin Reeves. I think the Hawks wanted Austin Reeves initially. The Lakers thought they could get some traction going with DeAndre Russell. I heard that at one point, and this was a few weeks ago, the Lakers thought, they, they may be able to work something out to maybe be able to get a deal done that doesn't include Austin Reeves. There was some optimism that that could happen. And now it's, I think the Hawks are going back to, well, give us Austin Reeves. But I think the other bit to this is the Hawks want the Lakers offer to just be sitting there, to just be sitting there to set that bar. So other teams can come along and they can say, well, the, hey, the Lakers offered D'Lo, a first, a pick swap, a young player in JHS, you gotta you know beat that offer. The Hawks want that sitting there. The Lakers, I the sense I've got is that they're not gonna wait around forever. They don't want the Hawks to use them as leverage against other teams just to drive up their the Lakers aren't just gonna sit on the sidelines the whole time, wait all the way up until the buzzer. Call the Hawks five minutes before two fifty five Eastern time and say, "Well, do we have a deal?" and have the Hawks say. Oh, uh, now, you know what? We're actually going to pass. And the whole while the Hawks get to use the Lakers offer as the bar that they set for opposing teams to clear. The Lakers don't want to be the Hawks leverage. They're going to go out there and they're going to explore other opportunities. They're going to take the guys that they might put in this trade for DeJounte Murray. They're going to explore other opportunities. Number one, because they kind of have to. You have to have a, a backup plan. And Sean Davis and I talked about that on a show recently. We broke down some of the different options they may have out there. On the market. But the backup plan, that's the most important part. But the other piece to this is they also need to generate some urgency with the Hawks. And they need to say, look, not only are we looking elsewhere, but you guys need to know that we're not going to sit around. We're not going to wait for you forever to figure out life and use our offer as leverage with a bunch of other trades around the NBA and try to drive up somebody else's price. That's not what we're here for. So if you want to make a deal, Let's talk. Otherwise, we're going to move on. And to be honest, this is a Hawks organization that did this with John Collins. Keith Smith and I over on the front office show, we talked about it literally for years about how it felt like John Collins was going to be moved. It was happening. He was going to be traded. And then buzzer sounds and he's not traded. Doesn't happen. The Hawks wouldn't pull the trigger. I'm concerned that that's the way this could wind up going, where the Hawks are just DeJounte Murray's out there. And when push comes to shove, they say, you know what? We've got him under contract for four more years. We're just going to hang on to him, and we'll see what we can get for him this summer. Nothing against the Hawks for their, their right to do that. He's under contract for four years. Honestly, if I'm the Hawks, that's probably the route I'm taking too. I would just get some offers right now. If nothing blows me away at the moment, wait until the summer. Maybe you can use some of these offers as a starting point in June and in July to then work something out. That's probably the path that I'm taking. If I'm the Hawks in all honesty. And so if you're the Lakers, you have to protect yourself against that and have a fallback plan. You have to have that ready to execute. And I believe that's what the Lakers are doing now. Again, last I heard, this was before the weekend, things were quiet on the Lakers trade front. But this is also the time when things start to pick up. February 8th is the trade deadline. I think the DeJounte Murray thing, unless the Hawks either a combination. They need to come off of wanting Austin Reeves because I do not believe the Lakers will make the trade if Austin Reeves is involved. And you can argue that they should or they shouldn't, but I don't think the Lakers will make the trade if Austin Reeves is involved. And the Lakers need to create some urgency with the Hawks. They need to get the Hawks to say, hey, we're not going to get a better offer. If we wait, maybe it's going to be a John Collins situation again where an offer this good may not be there in the future. Let's take this now while we can. Now, While we're on that subject, though, D'Angelo Russell's been on a heater, and that's part of the Lakers' thinking, too, according to Mark Stein, is that D'Angelo Russell's been playing so well, that removes some of the Lakers' urgency to get something done right now. Now, I think they have to be careful with this because we all know what's happening. We all know what's actually going on here with D'Angelo Russell. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I like D'Angelo Russell a lot, my ideal scenario would be Delo staying with the Lakers and having success for years. But we all know he's on a heater. We all know he does this. This is what Delo does sometimes. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. It's a blast seeing D'Angelo Russell play like this right now. But we know it's probably not going to last. We know that at some point, the numbers are going to give out. He can't shoot this well forever. He just can't. It's not if it was D'Lo, if it was LeBron, if it was Giannis, if it was Luca, if it was anybody, if it's Steph, even if it's Steph Curry, we would say he's not going to shoot this this great forever. Because he can't. The numbers are unsustainable. How well he's shooting the ball right now, you just can't do it for any long period of time. So you know regression is coming at some point. So if I'm the Lakers, I got to be careful that I don't get caught up in the moment. And just convince myself that, well, everything's all good with D'Angelo Russell. Now, you know what? We're just going to hang on to him. Now, that doesn't mean they should move him for nothing. No, 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 no. If if teams around the NBA are telling them, well, you know, we don't like D'Lo that much. You got to give us something for us to take on D'Angelo Russell. No, you hang up that phone. You hang it up fast. You're not doing that. You're not taking uh, a lesser player that just doesn't have that player option situation that D'Angelo Russell does. Like, you're not taking Tyus Jones for D'Angelo Russell or something. You're not doing anything like that. That makes no sense. D'Angelo Russell's playing way too well. Again, I think he's a good player. He's a talented player. Is he the perfect fit for the Lakers right now? Eh, probably not. That player option, that's going to be tricky to navigate this summer. What happens if he opts out? Do you lose him for nothing? Are you going to risk running into the second Uh, second apron on the tax levels. There's a lot of things that have got to factor into this decision for the Lakers. But D'Angelo Russell, if anything is being cemented from this stretch from him, it's that you don't move him just to move him. You are only moving him for an upgrade. And frankly, that should probably be the mindset anyway. But you do not move D'Angelo Russell just to move him if you're the Lakers. You don't move him just to fix the contract situation. You don't do that. Again, you don't trade him for a Tyus Jones or someone along those lines. Nothing against Tyus Jones, but I'm not moving D'Angelo Russell for that. Honestly, I don't even know if I'm moving D'Angelo Russell for Bruce Brown, who's who you'd be turning a player option into a team option. I think you need D'Lo's creation ability. I think you need his ball handling. Sure, you'd like to get some more athleticism in, his back, in the backcourt, but if the worst-case scenario is I've got to deal with a little bit of a, a messy player option this summer, I think that's better than giving up that more talented player in order to get a guy that isn't as good or doesn't fit but is in a better situation contractually. If I'm the Lakers, I'm not downgrading just to rid myself of D'Angelo Russell's player option. The only way I'm moving him is if I'm getting an upgrade. And right now, honestly, the only guy that's on the market that we've heard so far is DeJounte Murray. I don't think I'm moving him otherwise. So that's where things are at right now. Will the Hawks come to their senses at some point Will the Lakers make a deal with them? We'll see. But the sense I've gotten the Lakers, they're not going to wait around. They're not going to wait around for Atlanta. They're not going to be used as leverage with other teams. They're going to go find other stuff. And if Atlanta wants to figure out life, all right, pick up the phone and this thing can get reignited. But sounds like everything's gone pretty quiet for now. again, I, I want to close by saying this, this time of year, it literally takes one phone call to take something from being uh, on the skids, looking like it's it's about done to and not going to happen to suddenly you've got a good deal and you're phoning it in. This type of thing can move very quickly. So again, I want to caution everybody. don't Don't ride the roller coaster with every single report. A good report doesn't mean the deal's done. Bad report doesn't mean it's never happening negotiations are going on. They're going to continue going on again. Things have gone quiet with the Lakers and Hawks, but I'm talking trade front in general. There's going to be a lot of talks over the next week and a half or so. Just keep in mind, we're going to, of course, piece uh, piece the puzzle pieces together, put it all together, and figure everything out as we go through it. I'll be right here with you. But um, don't assume anything is a done deal until it's actually a done deal, and don't assume anything is dead until that final buzzer sounds, 3 p.m. Eastern time on February 8th. All right, let's talk a little bit. Lakers-Rockets. So Lakers taking on the Rockets uh, tonight. This is actually a pretty big game. You know, going back to the standings, the Lakers uh, right now sitting uh, just a couple games ahead of the Houston Rockets. Now, Houston, interestingly enough, actually, they're 13th in the NBA in net rating. So what's happening that tells you they've been involved in some blowouts and that's skewed their net rating a bit where they're winning games by a lot, but then they're also, you know, losing games by not quite some quite as much because their overall record is 21 and 24. Their point differential on the season is a plus 0.9. So even though the Lakers have a better record than they do, the Lakers point differential is minus 0.8. It's a negative point differential for the Lakers right now. So, if you're winning a few games by some massive blowouts, that that can skew the numbers a bit. But right now, in terms of net rating, the Houston Rockets are 13th in the NBA, yet the standings don't really reflect that, don't really show that they're as high as they should be. So this is, by no means is this a bad team. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10, but this is not the kind of team that you look at and you say, well, these guys are just no good. This is the Houston Rockets of old. They're awful. You know, you look at their last, 10 games here. They've lost to the Nets. They beat the Hornets. They lost to the Blazers. That's that's a pretty bad loss for them. They lost to the Celtics. That's understandable. They beat the Jazz. Lost to the Knicks, the Sixers, the Celtics. My God, that's a tough three-game stretch there. You lose to the Bulls. You lose to the Heat. So, like, they've picked up some wins over the Pistons, but they've had, you know, they've seen the Celtics twice. They beat the Bucks. So, this is a very hot and cold, up-and-down team with... Uh, with the Houston Rockets, and they're a team that you certainly can't overlook. If they're hitting their shots on any given night, they can beat you, and they still are one of the top 10 defenses in the NBA, so they're not going to make life easy on you, which the Lakers, I'm wondering, even with a day between, and it's a travel day, how how banged up are the Lakers after that Warriors game? I mean, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, he got banged up. We saw Anthony Davis, obviously, with the hip issues. That was scary. How much do the Lakers really have? I mean, LeBron played 48 minutes, and this Houston team is not going to make anything easy. Their defense is locked in, and you know everybody gets up when the Lakers come to town. They've probably had this game circled on their calendars for a long time. You sure as hell know Dylan Brooks has. So I think this is going to be a battle for the Lakers tonight, and I'm hoping that the fallout from double overtime against the Warriors isn't a kind of, bruised and beaten Lakers team that rolls into Houston for this one, especially knowing that it's the first night of a back-to-back. Now, LeBron and AD are both listed as questionable for this game tonight. So that's the other thing to factor in here. If you're the Lakers, I kind of wish the back-to-back was the other way. I kind of wish it was the other way. Because in terms of, if you were going to go all out, let's say the Lakers took the strategy of we're going to rest guys, we're not going to play everybody in the, in the back-to-back set. We're going to, re- like LeBron, AD, they're banged up. We're going to rest them one game. We're going to play them the other. I'd rather rest them the first day, give them an extra day to recover from that do- double overtime, and then play them the second day. The problem is, if you were to pick, hey, you're going to get a win over the Rockets, or you're going to get a win over the over the Hawks, you would absolutely take a win over the, over the Rockets. They're a Western Conference foe. They're pursuing the Lakers in the standings. It's more important that the Lakers beat the Rockets than beat the Hawks. You need to push a loss onto the Rockets' record. So that's kind of unfortunate that that's just the way it went. Of course, geographically, it makes more sense that they go to Houston first and then Atlanta coming from Golden State. So if I'm the Lakers, I'm playing my guys tonight against the Rockets. I know they're questionable. If AD is still hurting, maybe you don't play him. And if AD doesn't play, oh boy, Alper and Sengun is going to go nuts. That's what we've seen. If Anthony Davis does not play, the Lakers don't have anybody that can manage Sengun. He will go off in this game. And I, I like, I love his game. I love his game. I wish he was a Laker. Um, I love his game. He's going to destroy if Anthony Davis does not play. So, I'm going to assume, though, that AD and LeBron play. Because more often than not, when their list is questionable, they do play. And then for the second night of the back-to-back, what do the Lakers have in the tank for Atlanta? Now, Atlanta's been struggling lately. It's still a winnable game, even if this is a weary Lakers team. But I think the bottom line, what's going to need to happen, is you're going to need some other guys to step up. LeBron is not going to go like he's dueling Steph Curry when he's playing the Houston Rockets, I'm sorry. I know Dylan Brooks might poke the bear, but LeBron's not going to get up for playing Dylan Brooks the same way he's going to get up to play Steph Curry. Just a fact. Same thing's true with with Anthony Davis with the with AD. So this is where the Lakers' depth is going to have to shine. And I'll tell you, the player who I think is overdue for a big night, that's Austin Reeves. That's Austria. It feels like it's been a bit since Austin's had a really big uh, scoring night. And we can talk about, you know, could Rui step in and have a big night? Certainly, he's another guy that could get going. But Austin, in particular, is somebody that i like to see really get going. Now, he dropped 20 against the Bulls. But for the month of January, which we're almost at the end of the month now, so not a small sample size here, he's shooting 30% from deep for the month of January. And averaging 15 points, which that's that's fine. But 3.8 free throw attempts, that's pretty low for him too. 5.9 assists, that's, that's great. We'll take that. But Austin's a better three-point shooter than that. I know he's had a down season shooting the ball from deep. But he's better than a 30% three-point shooter. He was one for seven against Golden State. So a bounce-back performance. And I'm talking about a month high of, say, if Austin can pour in 25 points, something like that in this one, that would that would go a long way towards helping the Lakers out. I think they're going to need guys like Austin. You need d to continue to be on a heater, but you need guys like Austin to really step up uh, in this two-game stretch here because you know LeBron and AD, I'm not confident they're going to play both games. And even if they do, you know it's not going to be the same kind of heavy usage as we saw against Golden State. So other guys are going to have to step up. Christian Wood's going to have to knock in some threes. Jared Vanderbilt's going to have to continue to do Jared Vanderbilt things, which is so, so fun, but he's going to have to continue to produce. Torian Prince, who had a really rough outing against Golden State, can he give you like a three for five from three night? Something like that. Um, That's another thing I'm keeping an eye on. Is Torian still in the starting lineup for the Lakers? Does he still start? In this game. I don't think you should. I said it on the post game show. It's there's a flashing neon sign right in front of Darvin Ham's face. And you know what that sign says? It says start Vando. It's clear. There's no denying it at this point. Conceptually, it makes sense. If you want to start Austin and D'Lo, you better have a top notch defender on the floor with them. You have to. And ideally, that person needs to be pretty damn quick because Austin and D'Lo are not. If you're going to make up for their defensive issues, you're going to allow them to be on the floor together. You need a really good defensive player out there with them, and Jared Vanderbilt is just that. Now that he's back to being himself, Vando is back to being Vando. You need him in that slot more than you need Torian Prince's three-point shooting. So I think everything is screaming that Jared Vanderbilt should be the starter. Darvin Ham didn't want to talk about it after the Warriors game. I understand that was an emotionally draining game, but nothing against Torian at all. I think he's more than fine as a rotation player, as a 20 minute night guy. And to his credit, Darvin Ham gave the minutes to Jared Vanderbilt against the Warriors played almost double the minutes that Torian Prince did. That should not be a, a one game thing. Jared Vanderbilt should be a 25 to 30 minutes per night guy. And I think he should be in there with the starting group. Torian Prince should be slotting into that 15 to 20 minute role. If the, if the Lakers don't make the move at this point, it's not happening. If you don't do it now after what we just saw against golden state, it's never happening, And that would be frustrating. Because it should happen. And it should happen right now. All right. So that's Lakers-Rockets taking place tonight. We'll see what the starting lineup looks like. Lakers are going to need some other guys to step up. And uh, fingers crossed, we'll keep an eye out for an updated injury report. Do LeBron LeBron and AD play in this one? All right. I do need to get into the mailbag in just a moment. We're going to pause for just a moment and give a shout-out to our sponsor. And that is Harry's Razors. You know, sometimes in order to get what you want... You gotta forge your own path. That's essentially what I did with the LakersNation.com podcast, which you're listening to and watching right now. I didn't know if that if this path was gonna lead me to this place, but I knew what it was that I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about Lakers basketball, and that ultimately grew to what we are today. And we're very thankful to have everybody watching and listening. Harry's Razors is not all that dissimilar. They saw that customers were getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they wanted to do something better. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found their own way. They make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands, exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. And true story, everybody. Harry's razors is actually the very first sponsor of the LakersNation.com podcast. Way back when, I'm talking eight years ago, Harry's was the first company to give us our first sponsorship ad read. I have been using Harry's razors ever since that time. I actually used the Truman handle. It's absolutely fantastic. Fits great in your hand. Always gives me a close shave each and every time. That's consistency. That I love. And you can get a five-blade razor weighted handle, foaming, shave gel, and travel cover for just three bucks. Just go to Harry's.com slash Lakers Nation. But Harry's does more than just razors. I also love their body wash, it's fantastic. They've got a great deodorant. In fact, my favorite is the stone scent, but they've got a lot of different options that you can try from. In fact, I got little samples of every single scent so that I could try them all because they all offer something very, very different and very unique. And so I wanted to kind of settle in on what I really like personally. My favorite is Stone, but there's a lot of other ones. I really like Redwood too. That one is my runner up right now. But Harry's is fantastic. As I said, they've got the razors are great. All the other products in terms of they've got Uh, lotions and face care they've got deodorants they've got hair care products all kinds of things that you can find over at harry's.com so again don't settle for the status quo blaze your own trail with harry's get started with a 13 dollar trial set for just three dollars harry's.com slash lakers nation that's harry's.com slash lakers nation for a three dollar trial set all right guys let's get into the mailbag to finish out the show we'll take a look at some of the different comments that were coming in from Lakers fans. This is right after the Lakers-Warriors game, so there's some good ones in here. Some fired-up fans. I Man, I was fired up, too, for that show. That was exciting. That was that was an exciting, exciting game. I um, was glad to see the Lakers win it. All right, DJ said, D'Lo, three turnovers in a row, hit a pull-up three on a fast break. He's going to give me a heart attack, but we need him. And again, it's getting more and more difficult to trade D'Angelo Russell when he continues to play this well um contractually you still have to you still not have to trade him have to look you have to explore the trade market and see what's out there that's I've been talking about it since July since the trade details came out we've been saying you have to look at the trade market with D'Angelo Russell I said he was going to be involved in a bunch of trade rumors that's not changing all the way up until that buzzer sounds the Lakers have to explore the trade market because that's what his contract says right that player option tells you they have to look at the trade market they have to. Luis said, looks like Draymond is still Draymond. Also, AD is a warrior for fighting through the pain. Yeah, I mean, look, what, what happened to all the Mr. Glass stuff, all that talk? So ridiculous that that's how Anthony Davis was treated. And yet now, uh, here he is. He's battling through. He's having, having his Willis Reed moment, coming back into the game after leaving with what looked like a bad injury. Who's walking incredibly gingerly. Hopefully, he's a go against the Rockets tonight. Uh, Draymond's still Draymond. Man. I don't know about that guy. I don't know. Like, you're watching that game. It felt like something bad was going to happen. It just did. And maybe that's... I, I hope it doesn't. But the way the way he's playing that game... Yeah. I don't... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he had that suspension and everything. But it, it felt like we were one inflammatory moment. We were like one spark away from something bad with Draymond and maybe that's maybe that's the his past bleeding into how I was viewing the situation but with how agitated he was getting at Jared Vanderbilt with how reckless he was getting with hitting Anthony Davis in the face LeBron in the face all that that kind of stuff and it still blows me away by the way that we just in terms of the officiating we see so much just throw our hands up and go up it's just Draymond being Draymond. Yeah, it's just, like, if that's anybody else, they're not putting up with that stuff. Well, it's just Draymond. Draymond being Draymond, whatever. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I and I hope it doesn't turn into something bad because next time something happens, his season's probably over, right? He already got suspended. Something happens again, his season's probably over. But it, to me, it felt like we were teetering on that edge. And I hope that's not what happens. That's not what I want to see happen for the guy. Definitely not what I want to see happen. But man, it's it's tough. It's tough when you're watching games where Draymond is out there and you're seeing stuff like that happen. Theo said we almost lost this game because of him. Um, in what ways? Like I give him credit for the for Jared Vanderbilt getting the the lion's share of the minutes. I know. I know there were some. There were certainly some moments, some questionable moments, like Jared Vanderbilt being off the floor when Steph Curry was on. But I don't Vando isn't necessarily a Steph Curry stopper. Like he's better at those straight line drive guys, like, like a John Morant. He's better at dealing with the bigger, the bigger wings that aren't quite as quick. You know, a Luca. He's better, you know, dealing with those guys, which like and criticize Darwin Ham for having Vando off the floor a bunch when the Lakers played the Mavs and Luca was on the floor. That's fine. But uh, but he's not really, I mean, Curry runs off so many screens. He's not necessarily a Curry stopper in that way. Nobody is, but he's not. Curry is a is a difficult challenge for him. But nonetheless, um I want to give him credit. He used timeouts in this one. He and like, he they're not saying it was perfect. He made it he shouldn't have challenged when he did challenge. Uh, part of that, that that's on his bench coaches. They're supposed to tell him when to challenge and not. But giving the lion's share of the minutes to Jared Vanderbilt. I know you look at that game and you say, well, I mean, it would be indefensible not to. Sure, but we see coaches make indefensible choices all the time. All the, Just look at what happened in that, in that Lions game last night. Look at, look at what Campbell did in that one. Right? Running the ball with David Montgomery at the end there, forcing yourself to burn a timeout rather than throwing it and trying to get your touchdown that way and saving a timeout. Yeah. Um, sometimes the way you should play it isn't that's not the decision coaches always make in, in real time. Tully so Darvin took too long to get Prince out of the game in the second half. That Delo pull up had me covering my eyes. Man, that was that was the biggest no, 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 yes, three of the season, I think. Um, getting Prince out of the game, yeah. I mean, look, I would personally, if it were up to me, I would order the minutes like this Jared Vanderbilt. Rui Hachimura, Torian Prince. That's in order of who gets the most. I would, and I am not anti-Torian Prince. I, know a lot of, I had people telling me he needs to go play in China and stuff like that. No, he's been just fine on his contract. He's shooting 39% from deep. The problem is he's a guy who is a limited minutes off the bench kind of guy. And by limited, I mean like 15 to 20. That's what he should be. That's what he was brought in to do. That was our conversation about him over the summer was that that was going to be his role. And he's been pushed into a bigger... Some of it's been due to injury, but shouldn't be playing this many minutes or this kind of role. Angelo said maybe Delo has regressed and this is who he is. So he's regressed in a positive way. He's regressed and now he's just always a flamethrower. He's a human torch. Right, that would be great. If that, if that is a fact, that would be great, and the Lakers will need to do whatever they can to bring this guy back next season, which is going to be a bit tricky, assuming he opts out of that player option, which if if he had to make the choice right now, you know damn well he's opting out. You know he is. If he had to make the choice right now. The only way he's opting in is if he stinks from here on out. Right? He goes through a rough patch. He collapses in on himself in the in the playoffs, something like that. Then maybe he opts in. Otherwise, he's opting out. As of right now, he'd be opting out of that kind. There's no way he'd be opting in. I, and I think it would be, to me, it would be a big win for the Lakers if he opts in. Even if he stinks from here on out, which, knock on wood, I don't think he's going to. But even if he was terrible from here on out, him opting in would be a big win for the Lakers. Because then you'd have an 18.6, I think, million million expiring contract. That wouldn't be a bad thing. Jay Paul said, when I die, bury me in a Lakers jersey because I might just come back. And then it kind of cut off. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Aaron. I mean, I get the whole bury me in a Lakers jersey thing, but you might just come back. There's some supernatural stuff going on there. Aaron said, Trev, you think this was finally the turning point for him to go back to our best lineup with Vando? FYI, you look like you just played 48 like LeBron. And so, again, this was coming in right after the game. Um, I put it all together, I did the math, and I realized that in terms of being on camera, like sitting in my studio here on camera, by the end of the night, after doing the stuff I did before the game, doing the game that went to double overtime, doing the post game, And then I was working and jumped into Sean's post-post game show. It ended up being six hours of of sitting in front of the camera. I was exhausted by that point. I was exhausted and you could see it. And yet I was so fired up too after that game because that was so great to see the Lakers get that win. Um, As far as finally the turning point for him to go back to our best lineup with Vando, I sure hope so. I, I sure hope so. Ben said, "Masterlock, green, flagrant foul, Golden State, moving screens." Yeah, the NBA said, "Yeah, Draymond committed a moving screen. Shocker! The Golden State Warriors, moving screens, right? They built a dynasty off of it. Don't get me wrong; like the Warriors are great, they've been great, but they get away with a lot. Every screen Draymond set was illegal, masterlock. <laughs> oh my God, this comment." Ham has IBS that explains why he he needs so much TP. Torian Prince TP. Wow. Kendrick said is there more a more no 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 yes player than Delo? Probably not. It's probably he is probably the no 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 yes player in the NBA. And part of it is he actually, you know, I haven't looked at it this year, but there was a stat going around I want to say it was last year. He's actually really good at the pull-up in transition three. He, he hits that shot with regularity, which is probably why he felt so confident despite the turnovers that he had just committed to do that. I mean, if he misses that shot, people are losing their minds, right? And rightfully so. That was a gutsy shot to take. But he also shoots that at a pretty high percentage. So that's worth mentioning. But yes, he he probably is the no, 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 yes player in the NBA. Coach said, I kind of like the big lineup. Hope to see more of it. Yeah, we did see the Lakers go bigger. Um, just longer, more wings out there. You saw lineups with like Rui and Vando and LeBron and AD and then and then a guard like Austin or D'Lo or something like that. Uh, we saw Torian in the mix as well. Uh, they did go bigger quite a bit. I, I kind of like that as well. I kind of like that. I thought one of the benefits of the Lakers off-seasons was that they added so many wings. Why not use them? Why not use them? Buck said, I've never seen such a low IQ from a Bron-led team. Darvin Ham, was it low IQ? I mean, I thought there were some good moments here for the Lakers against the Warriors. Did they make mistakes? Yeah, they did. Uh, Techie Sci-Fi said, good game. Let's go, Lake Show. What a game. Yeah, what a game indeed. Look, that's that's one we're going to remember for a long time. That's one re- we will remember for a long time. Ideal Light said, let's appreciate what we continue to witness day after day. 20 rebounds. Whoa, LeBron's the chosen one. Yeah, I mean, 39? And he's pulling down 20 boards. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Again, what's happened with LeBron is that he can't can't do it every night anymore. He can't. But when he has to push down on the gas pedal, when he steps it up, he can. He can do it still. He can still be incredible. And so for the Lakers, the hope has to be that you don't make him burn too much gas in the tank. To get to the postseason, and then in the postseason, he can hold down the turbo button for as long as possible. That's what you want to see from LeBron. James Bell, some Master Lock Ryan for taking shade at the King over on playback. I don't recall what did Ryan say over there. That was he was taking shots at LeBron there. Uh, I don't re- recall off the top of my head. It was a long night. Big second half for D'Lo. Loved his fight. Yeah, early in the game, if you saw the way the Warriors were defending him, they were throwing bigger wings at him, which makes me think against the Rockets, you know, will obviously they've got you know Fred van Vliet's a good defensive player, is he, he probably starts out on Delo, but could they put could they shift in certain situations like Dylan Brooks over onto Delo if Delo's truly onto a on a heater, what would that look like? especially if it's say Delo on and LeBron's off the floor, do they try throwing a bigger wing? at D'Angelo because That's what the Warriors did, and they did have some some success with it, but fortunately, D'Lo got going in the second half. John, oh, man. Ham, Prince, and a first for DeJounte Murray. Well, the um, the math doesn't quite work on that, John. Sorry. Jay the Six said, D'Lo still has ice in his veins. Don't trade him. I mean, I, I really do think the Lakers are, while they shouldn't be completely buying what, what's happening right now, you also can't dismiss it you can't dismiss it. So uh, he keeps playing like this, I think it is going to be harder and harder for the Lakers to trade him. And I mean, harder for them to pull the trigger on a trade. Eric said, "Can we do Rui Gabe and a first for Tyus Jones and Daniel Gafford if we're going to keep D'Lo?" Um you know, the Wizards were rumored to want a first for Tyus Jones. Now that they can want, I don't think they're going to get that, but Gabe Vincent is seen as a negative value right now because of his injury status. I don't think that's quite enough for the Wizards to do, but I think it's close. I think it's close. Now, if you're the Lakers, and I know right now, contractually, you look at a lot of deals and you say, okay, well, let's throw in Gabe Vincent. Why not? Throw in Gabe Vincent. Uh, he's got that you know $10.5 million salary. It's a nice size salary to put into a deal. It makes sense, but unless he like re-injures himself when he comes back, you're probably selling low on Gabe. Like, there's a reason why the Lakers signed Gabe Vincent over the summer, and we haven't been able to see it because he's been hurt the whole time, basically. So I wonder how much like how much will the Lakers look at the situation like this? That even if they aren't able to make a big move at the trade deadline, it's it's probably going to be post-All-Star break that we see see Gabe Benson come back. Could he act like a trade deadline acquisition? Could he create that kind of a boost for the team by being somebody that they add into the squad that they haven't had previously for much of the season and in that way kind of act like, a, like they got him at the trade deadline? Maybe there's something there. But I do like Tyus Jones. I do like Daniel Gafford. If this was on the table, I hate to give up Rui. That's the problem. Because Rui is like if LeBron needs to take a game off, Rui is the guy. right? He's the guy that's going to get those minutes. And then giving up that first, there's also an opportunity cost there. Like if the Lakers don't trade the first at the trade deadline here, they're going to have three first potentially to use this summer to really go make something happen. I don't know if this is enough for me to deal with that opportunity cost. Yeah, especially knowing that you know Tyus Jones isn't expiring, you'd have to bring him back. You have to sign him to a new deal. And I do like Daniel Gafford a lot. I'd have to really think on that one. Trey said trade Princess Rui in two seconds for Caruso and Drummond. Uh, yeah, I mean the Bulls probably won't do that. They want like they want first for Caruso, but I'd do that. I would do that. Uh, Torian Prince's defense is too slow and foul-happy versus guards and too small versus bigs. Yep, uh, that's a good way to sum it up. Takes at least two heavily contested threes a game. Yeah, but he shoots at a pretty high rate. So I'm okay with that. Vando and Rui should always be a priority. Yes, I, I agree with that. That's a great way to sum it up as well. Uh, Prince defensively has some issues. He does occasionally get targeted, not to the same degree that D'Lo and Austin do, but uh, but Vando and Rui should be the guys getting the minutes, getting more minutes, I think, than, than Torian. Now. Rui is more of like a three-four, whereas Torian is a two-three. So we have to figure that into the the conversation as well. But just in a vacuum, I'd rather see see Rui getting more minutes. Uh, Kyle Anderson said said Ah, let's go, Bronze the Goat. It's not a debate anymore. Scream Trev. I I already did my goat scream after the game, but uh, I. I don't much get into the whole like player debate on who's the greatest of all time or or whatever. I I just think a lot of guys are great players. I did have a take on the whole Curry versus LeBron thing with people trying to say Curry's better than LeBron or bigger impact than LeBron or whatever. It's crazy. But William said, can we get some Lakers Nation merch? I need that logo and a polo. I'll keep trying to sort that out. Jay said, new award idea, i.e. good turnovers, defense, energy. Oh, best, best turnover, Best whatever it is. He best fill in the blank, like turnover defense energy, something like that. Like a hustle award. Okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, we'll get through a few more. Campbell said, I don't know how anyone enjoys the way the gold Golden State Warriors play. Illegal screen, shoot three, repeat. It's and it's kind of become the modern style of basketball. And that's one of the complaints I've seen from fans, is they feel like there's not enough variety among team offenses that everybody kind of runs the same stuff. And while there is some variation in it to a degree, yeah, a lot of teams high pick and roll, spread the floor, dry, get a switch, get into the paint, kick out open three, right? Like that's kind of what teams are looking for. Uh, <laughs> Michael said Lakers nation lost years off their life versus a losing team. Shaking my head. Stop selling the scam. I, I, I know the Warriors are are losing team right now. And I've had people say, well, oh, they, they struggled to beat a bad Warriors team. That's true. That's true. But it's Steph versus LeBron. You know, if the Warriors were ever going to step up and not play like a outside the playoffs team, it was going to be against the Lakers. They already played each other in the playoffs this last year. You knew it was going to be a thing. So I don't, with all the context, I don't look at this and go, well, that was just a win over a non-playoff team. No, if you watch the way that game was uh, was competed, it's very different than just a random game in the middle of the season. Ideal light. We will remember this game and this Lakers-Warriors matchup. Damn, that just happened. I'm stunned. All that on Kobe's week. By the way, thanks, Trevor and Sean, for helping us to navigate those ups and downs. Ah, well, thank you. Appreciate the, the kind words there. Truly. Mamba mentality. Said, thank you, Trevor and Ellen staff for all that you do. Best Lakers coverage and news on YouTube. Uh, membership is fire. Also, let's go Lakers above 500 again. That's right. They are above 500 now, which is fantastic. And again, Mamba Mentality, appreciate all the work you've done as well and appreciate those kind words there. David said, why are we out of timeout play? Uh, timeout plays? Or, or why are our out of timeout plays? I said that wrong. So trash. d hot. Reeves can shoot. You can't always revert to LeBron going one on four. We're lucky they blew the whistle. So he was looking to see something a little more creative after the timeout crunch time game on the line. LeBron versus Steph. If I'm Darvin Ham. I'm frankly, I'm probably putting the ball in LeBron's hands and saying, go do your thing too. That's, that's what I'm doing in, in that moment. Now it's, if you're playing, if this happens again and it's the Hawks second night of a back to back, maybe you run something a little different, but, I'm in this classic duel that we saw LeBron against Steph, and Steph just hit the big three. There's no way in hell I'm not giving LeBron a chance to answer, especially with Anthony Davis, Gimpy, and basically relegated to just spacing spacing the floor behind the three point line. I'm I'm giving the ball to LeBron and saying we're gonna live with whatever happens here. And fortunately, he got fouled, and he made both free throws. Scorpio Sky said Trevor calling Warriors fans children will will never not be funny to me. I don't know, I've just been in I've been in a little spicy mood lately, I guess. Um yeah. <laughs> Look, I know it's it it's taking some shots at Warriors fans, which I didn't really care much about Warriors fans until this the playoffs this past year and we had to deal with them more like in the past, it's always been like, okay, you see him a couple of times during the season and whatever, like I never paid much attention to it. But having gone through that series with the Warriors and seeing the way Warriors fans are, and look, plenty of people complain against about Lakers fans too, and you know, people complain about every fan base. But, um, but I do think there's something to it. that, And I, I have seen no stats to back this up. This is just completely anecdotal but i do feel like the warriors have a younger fan base in general just from my interactions with them from what i've seen on on social media it feels like a younger fan base and it would make sense because for a long time there the warriors were terrible and then they got good and they got really good like really good and, and obviously like they're they were a dynasty and maybe what we're seeing right now is the end of the dynasty that's a, that's a bigger conversation but um They were dynasty and so that type and they were fun, right? Running up and down the floor, shooting tons of threes. So that is, is sort of the perfect combination to bring in a bunch of new fans, to bring in a bunch of young fans. Like this is a team that's running up and down the court. This is a team that's jacking threes. This is a team that's going on these insane scoring runs. They're winning championships. They get Kevin Durant, right? Like There's a lot of big, loud, exciting things about this Warriors team. And I think they brought in a lot of very new fans who are new to basketball, which from a a step back, that's wonderful. Let's bring in a bunch of... Yeah, let's let's make sure we've got another generation of fans coming up and enjoying this game and enjoying this sport and all that. Like, that's great. We celebrate that for sure. But (laughs) you also can see that there's times when it's noticeable that Warriors fans... In terms of their their context of the NBA game, they're not pulling from decades of experience with with bats, but They're often pulling from a time a, a time frame of the last you know seven eight years or or whatever. And sometimes I've found that to be noticeable in in those conversations. So I so occasionally I do kind of take shots at Warriors fans. I made the comment about them being in high school. I made the comment earlier in today's show about them being in homeroom and stuff like that. It's all in mostly good fun, but. Again, completely anecdotal. I just do feel like the Warriors have a younger fan base to a degree. And, uh, you know, it's fun to fun to take some shots at every now and then. Uh, this one said, what a win. I don't think we should trade D'Lo. There's no player we can actually trade D'Lo for that will raise our ceiling to the level he can. I think it's a fair point. Like, if D'Lo, what would you rather have in the playoffs? A consistent DeJounte Murray. Or Delo on a heater? And I'm not saying there's a clear answer. Because DeJounte Murray is very good, everybody. He is. And he's way more consistent. So that's something to consider too. But if Delo is on a heater like he is right now, I can't say there's much of a difference in impact. I think you could make an argument for either guy if Delo's on a heater. So that's where it's tough. Like, your ceiling may actually be higher if you get D'Lo on a heater. Now, unfortunately, we've also seen for years where he's not done that in the postseason, where he struggled. And so you have to factor that into the decision, too. But if you're just looking at ceiling, and that's it, and you're not caring so much about what's the likelihood that we're going to get that, if we're just talking about what's the ultimate ceiling, you could make the argument that they're better off with D'Lo. Consistency-wise, no. It's strongly in favor of DeJounte Murray. Although I'm still worried about his three-point shooting that it will go back to his career averages of like 33, 34% instead of the 39-ish percent that it's at right now as soon as he puts on a Lakers jersey. Uh, Michael B. said, shaking my head, the replay center guy who's eating that ham sandwich. I, I added the word ham there because that's what LeBron said. Decided to call LeBron's three a two again. Yeah, he, it looked like he stepped on the line. LeBron got a three, taken back to be a two once again. It's a little bit of deja vu, but at least it didn't cost them the game. Fortunately. All right, everybody. I do appreciate you guys joining for this show. Make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. Also join us over on uh, playback for tonight's game. You can just go to playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Hang out with us. Watch the game Lakers versus Rockets tonight. Uh, We'll also be right here on the YouTube channel with the play-by-play as well. Thanks again, everybody. Till next time. See you and stay safe.